Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next hour, I'm going to give you the latest entertainment news on Tom Cruise, Naomi Aki, Jesse Nelson from the group Little Mix, Charlie Pry, Lizzo, and a whole lot more. Let's get started. Roll it. Up on the blog and I'm chilling up in NYC Up on the train and the radio is all I need In the views and celeb news, I let see That's entertainment, who became famous Number one source of pop culture, radio or not We gon' chase it, that's entertainment Save adolescents from the ghetto time stage Gotta make a change in that's entertainment Wednesdays afternoon at 1 p.m. So baby, don't forget to tune The bins is nice, the jacks is the better cruise There is no car, I win cause you plan to lose Smooth, just like that Tammy Jones do it best, come just know that Been blessed by the Lord once, wait on that Blog radio, your speakers better be on max Real facts, if it's whack, we'll speak on that Just celebrity news, a new feed and my melody tune So Tammy, you back up me, I back up you That's entertainment for your ear, baby Just come through, she's on air now If you are just tuning in, you're listening uh, to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know more about it, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way you will get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment, Uh, We have a chat room that's now open. If you want to make a comment, just type in the comments about any of today's stories. And if you want to give me a call, be serious about it. The call-in number is 347-637-2656 and press the number 1. Lately we've been getting, but since the beginning of this show, through the 10 years I've been here on BTR, you know, you get a few people that call in and be rude and obnoxious. But, you know, if you're serious, Give me a call. The call in number is 347-637-2656 and press the number 1. If you're not going to be serious, you will get you know the you will get hung up on. So, please be serious. If you want to talk about any of the stories, be serious about it and give me a call. Also, uh like us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash fastentertainment.radio. Uh, if, there's a lot of uh, the face, the Facebook page uh, gives you a rundown of some of the stories that uh, I'm going to be talking about on the show, as well as some stories that I didn't get to. So make sure you uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at That's Entertain One. That's T H A T S, Entertain is the number one. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto14, and on Instagram at T. Jones Gibbs. Uh, right now, the current temperature in the NY is a cloudy, cold 32 degrees. Uh, before I get started with the first story of the day, I'd like to give a shout-out all the, all the time to my listeners who are out there, been there from the very beginning. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you for hanging out with me. If this is your first time tuning into the show, thank you for taking the time out and hanging out with me on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. And speaking of the cold, you know, New York is in the northeast region of the country, and we're getting a massive snowstorm. We're getting a nor'easter coming this way. I know the Midwest of the country has been hit hard, a lot of uh, accidents on the road, uh, we're talking. They're talking about uh, some some areas. New York City, uh, from what I heard, is expected to get about six inches or more. Um, upstate New York is supposed to get like a foot or more. 
and it, it's it's some it's, the snowstorm is coming, so um, we're being prepared for that. Um, finally, uh, we uh, are coming down to the wire. Uh, Christmas is if you celebrate it. Christmas is in nine days. So for all the procrastinators, for the last-minute shoppers, and now they're talking about uh, they're charging people for um, to get the gifts on time, and Amazon is putting a time limit on last-minute gifts. So it's getting crazy out here. Plus, with the snowstorm coming in the northeast region and the Midwest, you know, it makes you wonder, you know, what if the gifts don't get there on time because, you know, the snow, snowstorm might cause a delay. But uh, hopefully it doesn't, and um, all, all we can do is just wish for the best. But uh, how is everyone doing today? Uh, it is Wednesday. It's the mid part of the week. It's hump day. And as usual, I got the latest on what's going on in the world of entertainment. We're going to be talking about Tom Cruise this week. He just went off, okay? He went in on some of the people who are part of his crew, crew members on the filming of his new Mission Impossible movie. Uh, He's currently filming Mission Impossible 8. And uh, he went in because he saw some people who were not taking the social distance thing seriously. And you've got to remember that the filming of the movie had shut down before. And Tom Cruise felt that you know, people' livelihoods are at stake. Uh, he doesn't want to shut down the movie. Um, we don't want to go back because there's a time limit. You know, time is money, and when there's a delay, it costs the money. So he went in about some of the crew people who were not uh, doing their part in preventing the spread of this COVID-19. So we're going to be talking about that. Also, uh, the Whitney Houston biopic has finally found its lead star. Uh, It's by a British actress by the name of Naomi Aki. And let me tell you, the people who were trying to do this biopic with Whitney looked long and hard. They said to the point of almost exhaustion because they wanted to find the right person to do this movie justice, and they found it in Naomi. And I'll tell you what some of the uh, the director had said about this incredible actress. And uh, Jesse Nelson from the group Little Mix, she quit. She quit the group. That's right. She, um, The singer took to Instagram this past Monday to share the news with her fans, explaining that she wanted to focus on the more positive things in life. And uh, remember, she had suffered an anxiety attack when they were, the group was performing on a British TV show. And I guess with that and with the, the what's going on in the world and with the pandemic, it kind of messed her up a little bit. So um, we're going to be talking about why Jesse Nelson quit the group. And country music, uh, the Country Music Association has defended uh, their recent annual award show event. Uh, you just heard that last week Charlie Pry had passed away. And just a couple of weeks ago, he was at this award show to receive a very high honor award for his um, breaking barriers, being the uh, Af- uh, the only African-American man singing country music. He won a prestigious award for all his time in the business, and he just 
passed away like that. So the Country Music Association, a lot of people thought that he might have he had tested negative before the show, during the show, and then a couple of weeks later he had the COVID and passed. And a lot of people are blaming the award show for Charlie Pride contracting the virus. And uh, Lizzo, I tell you, you damn if you do, you damn if you don't. Lizzo uh, has defended herself after she faced a storm of criticism for opening up about her diet journey. Uh, some people were saying that they didn't like that she was promoting some kind of diet culture, so to speak, and some people thought that it was a good move for Light, Liz, I'm sorry, Liz, Lizzo for trying to keep her body healthy and trying to, um, you know, try to, you know, she's not trying to throw it in everybody's face, but some some fans felt that she was throwing it in the face. But she explained why she was doing it. And and the answer that she gave, I think we should all be trying to think that way. So I'll tell you more about that. And um, uh, my girl Keisha Knight Poem, you know her as uh, Rudy on the Cosby Show. Congratulations to her. She just got engaged. And um, actor Chris, Chris Pine, he's talking about bringing a cult role-playing game to on screen. So let's get started. Uh, Tom Cruise went off on Mission Impossible 8 crew for violating COVID-19 guidelines on the London set. The 58-year-old 58, 58 actor was caught throwing a, a rant and fit after allegedly seeing two crew members standing too close to one another in front of a computer screen. Now, in an audio obtained by The Sun, the Ethan Hunt depictor, who also produces the movie, expressed his frustration at the crew. And uh, this is what Tom said, quote, we are the gold standard. They're back at, there in Hollywood making movies right now because of us, because they believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every effing studio at night, insurance companies, producers, and they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs, you MFers. And that's not all. He said, I don't even want to see it again. He, that's what he warned the crew. He said, Eva, and if you don't do it, you're fired, and I'll see you do it again, you're effing gone. And if anyone in the crew does it and you don't ever, and you don't you ever effing do it again, that's it, no apologies. And you can tell, to, tell it to the people who are losing their effing homes because of our industry is shut down, is not going to put food on the table or pay for their college education, that's what I sleep with every night, the future of this effing industry. This is a why he explained why he's so strict with the rules. And he apologized. He said, I'm sorry. Um, so, you know, he said, so I'm sorry. I'm beyond your apologies. I have told you and now I want it. And if you don't do it, you're out. We're not shutting this movie down, he said, you know, and if he sees this whole thing about people not taking it seriously, they're out of there. And, you know, the crew, uh, you know, they said that um, that Tom Cruise has been strict about enforcing COVID-19 guidelines on the set of the film in Britain after 12 people on the set in Italy were said to have tested positive. He even took a great length to ensure the safety of the crew by paying 
500,000 pounds to rent an old cruise ship for the cast and crew to isolate on. Now, a source said that Tom has taken it upon himself, along with the health and safety department, to try to force the safety precaution with a view to keep the filming keep the film running. And he does daily rounds, according to a source. He does daily rounds to make sure that everything is set up appropriately, that people are behaving and working as safety as they can. And he's very proactive when it comes to safety. And um, what set him off that day, everyone was wearing a mask. It was purely that these people were standing under, uh, standing few feet away from each other. And it is unknown whether he saw these guys breaking the rule before or whether this was the straw that broke the camel back. You know, people make mistakes and they slip up, but Tom is just on it. He is on it. He is not playing. Uh, Mission Impossible 8 is directed by Christopher McQuarrie and is set to release on November 19, 2021. And, And that's the problem. You know, I know that... You know, here in the United States, we're still having a hard time trying to keep this virus under control, and it's because people are not cooperating. People want to do whatever they want. People are not social distancing. You no, know, people are not wearing masks. They think that oh, their freedoms are being taken away. Of I want to do whatever I want. It's not the law. We, this is a health crisis. It ain't about no politics. It ain't about no law. It's about keeping everyone safe, and. I mean, some people said that they don't think that Tom Cruise, he should have handled it better. But he probably, like according to the story, he's been trying to, he's been on top of this since they came back to filming again. Because remember, 12 people on the set when they were in Italy had tested positive. So it had to to shut it down. And remember, these movies are on a time schedule. So when you shut down for 14 days, a month, two months, that means when you finally return, guess what? You got to play catch-up, okay? And, you know, and once things are shut down, people can't make a living, people can't earn no money, people got paid bills. So, I mean, yeah, he, he was a little irate. But you got to understand, this is serious business. He doesn't want anybody to get sick. He don't want the uh, the crew and the uh, the production crew to be shut down again. And I guess it was he just it was just the a point of breaking point where he probably did address it several times, and people are not listening and people are not taking it seriously. So he finally said, "You know what? I'm just gonna go in." And just tell people I'm sick and tired of this. I'm angry, and I'm going to let you know about it. Hey, I don't see nothing wrong with that. Right now, we got 15 minutes after the hour. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show, you want to know more about it. Click on the follow-up button on top of the show page here on BTR. That way it will send you a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, uh, if you can't hear the show in its entirely for the whole hour, you can always come back and listen to the archives here on Block Talk Radio. You can also listen to the archives on That's Entertainment Facebook page and Twitter. And uh, and also, um, 
I can I also post it on my Twitter account as well. So uh definitely um if you can't listen to the show, it's understandable because everybody have things to do, people to see, places to go, and especially around the holidays. So uh yeah, you can always come back and listen to the archives right here on BTR. Whitney Houston biopic has found its lead star. BAFTA winner and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker actress Naomi Aki has landed the role of the late R&B diva in the project title I Want to Dance with Somebody. Stella McGee, who is on board to serve as director, issued a statement yesterday, Tuesday, December 15, to announce Aki's casting. And this is what she said. She said, quote, we spent the better part of the last year in an exhaustive search for an actress who could embody Whitney Houston. The filmmaker also cited the actress's impressive skills when explaining why she was eventually chosen for the part. She said, Naomi Aki, quote, impressed us us at every stage of the process. I was moved by her ability to capture the stage presence of a global icon while bringing humanity to her interior life, unquote. Now, Meki, who is known for her work behind the lens on feature films such as Jeans of the Joneses, Everything, Everything, The Weekend, and The Photograph, and will direct the biopic based on a script written by Bohemian Rhapsody uh, writer Anthony McCartan. Now, Pat Houston will produce the movie on behalf of the Whitney Houston estate, along with music producer Clive Davis, and McCartan via his Muse of Fire production and Larry Mestel for Primary Wave Music, which is a partner of the Whitney Houston estate. With the consent of the Houston estate, I Want to Dance with Somebody will be able to use Houston catalog, including her vocals. A 2014 Lifetime TV movie about the late superstar Whitney, directed by Angela Bassett, wasn't approved by the Houston estate and thus was not able to reproduce all the hit singles in the singer's canon. The upcoming feature film has billed as a joyous, emotional, and heartbreaking celebration of the life and music of the greatest female R&B pop vocalist of all time, tracking her journey from obscurity to musical superstardom. Can't wait. Jesse Nelson has quit Little Mix. The singer took to Instagram on Monday, December 14th to share the news with fans, explaining she wants to focus on more positive things in her life. The news come a day after Little Mix performed as a trio during British TV show Strictly Come Dancing, and weeks after a representative for the band confirmed Jesse would be taking an extended break due to private medical reasons. In an interview with the Mail on Sunday, U Magazine, in early November, she said she felt the need for a break from her bandmates, stating, quote, we're never not with each other and we're always busy. Our mornings start early, we finish really late, unquote. A statement from the band confirming Nelson's departure reads this, quote, after an amazing nine years together, Jesse had made the decision to leave Little Mix. This is an incredibly sad time for all of us, but we are fully supportive of Jesse. We love her very much and agree that it's so important that she does what is right for her mental health and well-being, unquote. The existing bandmates, Perry Edwards, Jay Thurwall, and Leanne Pennock, have also confirmed they plan to continue as a trio, dismissing rumors a full split is just around the corner, adding, quote, we are still very much enjoying our little mixed journey, and the three of us are not ready for it to be over, unquote. 
and during one of her final performances with Little Mix in September this year, Jessie Nelson suffered an anxiety attack. She burst into tears and had to be confronted by her bandmates during their live lounge show for BBC. And before the panic attack, Jessie credited lockdown for giving her a much-needed break from the group. And this is what she said. She said, quote, it was quite nice to have our own space and time because we never get time to just chill and just do nothing. So that was quite nice, unquote. We wish her the best of luck, seriously. You got to, you know, you got to take care of your health. You really do. Uh, The Country Music Association has defended its recent annual award event after it was linked to Charlie's Pride death. The country music legend passed away on Saturday, December 12th, a month after performing and being presented with a Lifetime Achievement Award at the November 11th event, prompting many to speculate if he contracted the virus while attending the show. Now, responding to this, the CMA issued a statement on Sunday to address how they made sure the safety during the indoor event. They said that everyone affiliated with the CMA Award followed strict testing protocols, protocols outlined by the city health department and unions. Charlie was tested prior to traveling to Nashville. Now, the CMA uh, stated this. They said, quote, he was tested upon landing in Nashville and again on show day with all tests coming back negative. After returning to Texas following the CMA awards, Charlie again tested negative multiple times. All of us in the country, country music community are heartbroken by Charlie passing Out of respect for his family during this grieving period, we will not be commenting on this further, unquote. Now, Charlie's death was announced by his family on Facebook. Charlie Pride passed away on December 12, 2020 in Dallas, Texas, of complication from COVID-19 at the age of 86. He was admitted to the hospital in late November with COVID-19-type symptoms, and despite the incredible efforts, skill and care of his medical team over the past several weeks, he was unable to overcome the virus. Charlie felt blessed to have such a such wonderful fans all over the world and he would want his fans to take the virus very seriously. Lizzo has defended herself after she faced a storm of criticism for opening up about her diet journey. The Grammy Award-winning artist who had been proudly displaying her sick figure is slammed for promoting diet culture after documenting her 10-day smoothie detox on Instagram. Now, taken to Instagram stories, the 32-year-old revealed that she consumed a day, in a day, under the guidance of a nutritionist, in addition to some green smoothies, she takes detox supplements, superfood shake, and what she dubs beauty water. She also keeps hydrated with at least one liter of water and alkaline water. She puts a side-by-side picture showing her face before and after the detox diet. And gushing about the positive results, she wrote underneath the photo, quote, both pics, I'm laying down, no, make- no makeup, bruh the skin, unquote. But not everyone, however, was feeling Lizzo's happiness with the result, accusing the rapper of fat phobia. One person wrote on Twitter saying, quote, I knew it. It was too good to be true. Lizzo body checking every day on an effing body detox and showing it to millions of followers. Thanks for the fat phobia I hated. Another disappointed fan tweeted, quote, I literally almost got a Lizzo tattoo once. Very glad now that I didn't. If it was her own personal struggle she was keeping to herself, that would be one thing. But to promote it like that? 
definitely a betrayal when one of the few I thought I could look up to, unquote. Apparently noticing the negative reaction, Lizzo returned to Instagram to address the reason why she went under, underwent a detox diet. And in a series of Instagram story videos, she admitted that she would normally be so afraid and ashamed to share her experience with the 10-day detox because she felt like a big girl. As a big girl, people expect, you, you know, they expect you to be doing something for your health. You're doing it for dramatic weight loss. But that was not the case with her. And this is what she said. In reality, November stressed me the F out. That's what she explained about why she did the detox diet for health reasons. She said, quote, I drank a lot, I ate a lot of spicy things, and that effed my stomach up. I wanted to reserve it and get back to where I was. I'm so proud of myself. I'm proud of my results. My sleep has improved. And uh, that's why she was saying about the positive results, adding that the diet has helped improve her hydration, her inner peace, her mental stability, her body, her skin, the whites of her eyes. And she feels and looks like, in her words, a bad bitch, and that's it. Okay? Unapologetic about it, Lizzo insisted that she's a big girl who did a smoothie detox and she wanted to share it with everyone. And she said, quote, and every big girl should do whatever they want with their bodies, unquote. Now, Lizzo has since received a lot of support from her fans, including one who wrote that people just lack basic empathy. Imagine your body being the subject of constant critique and conversation. And she says she hopes Lizzo is doing very well and having a great day. Others defended the truth hurt hit maker, saying, you know, Why is people mad at Lizzo for dining? You know, her message is both, uh, her message about body positivity, no matter the body. She's a full-size lady who loves her music and feels empowered, regardless if she's on a vegan smoothie kick. She's a musician who doesn't just exist to be her role model. That's what one fan said. Um, You know, I got to say, Good for Lizzo. You know, it's like you damn if you do, you damn if you don't. Remember when Lizzo first came on the scene, people made an uh, issue about her um, her weight before. Uh, Julian Michaels, you know, the uh, the woman who was on the, the Biggest Loser, she was one of the coaches, had said mention about, you know, that watching Lizzo and looking at her size was not healthy, that she needed to do something, you know, to, you know, that's not the look. You're promoting the wrong image, right? Now when she's trying to get her body healthy, people got something to say about that. And it's not that, uh, you know, and Lizzo, ever since she's been on the scene, she's been, um, how can I say it? She's been very uninhibited about her the, the way she carries herself, her size, she dances, she sings. She's a very talented young woman, and she doesn't let her weight play a factor of, about her her talent. So, you know, you just can't win. You just can't win. Uh, speaking of about body shaming, uh, actress Drew Sedora 
uh, didn't have a pleasant experience when she encountered Nicki Minaj back in 2015. Uh, during her appearance on Candy Burris' Speak On It series, the newest edition of the Real Housewives of Atlanta cast member recalled the moment that the Raptress embarrassed her with her comments during her audition for a role. Um, she said that she was up for an ABC family series, a Nicki Minaj pilot, and remember, she played T-Boz in the Crazy Sexy Cool, the TLC story. And she said that Nikki said that she took one look at Nikki and said, uh, no, uh, Nikki Minaj took one look at Drew Sador and said, wow, you don't look how you look when you play T-Boz. I was like, she was like, what? She was like shocked. She said, Nikki, you know, she was shocked that was coming from her. Um. And, she, and she, Drew said that Nikki said this in front of these ABC execs who were around her. And, you know, she really likes Nikki, and she really thinks Nikki like her. But this was in front of these heavy wigs. This was in person, and she said that in front of them, and it was like, I look, I just had a baby. Yeah, I gained a few pounds. And she, her daughter, I think her baby is about three months old at the time, and she was still breastfeeding. But what she took away was that that when Nikki said that to her, she was like, you know, she has to get her life together. She got to get back in the gym. She can't blame it. She can't keep blaming it on baby weight. Get to work. But she also stressed that we shouldn't body shame. And I don't know which one is worse when women shame other women. Or when men shame women for being heavy and fat and overweight. You know, I don't know which one is worse. But Drew Sedora said that she has no bad blood for Nikki and that she uh, she just took it as constructive criticism and advice to get her back in shape. But, you know, the point is, you know, we got to stop this body shaming because it, it does – we don't know – why we, when women gain certain weight, it, because it could be she just had a baby, just like in Drew Sidorake. It could be a thyroid issue. It could have been a, uh, a, uh, a operation that she had on her stomach that, you know, some operations on the stomach leaves the stomach to protrude out and never go back down. You just don't know. So we got to be more sensitive about it. You know, we're so stuck on being looking at slim bodies and um, the, the slim bodies being so attractive and, and, and um, you know, when women gain weight, they, you know, everybody got something to say. You know, I used to work as a uh, agent for a five-star hotel on the Upper East Side here in Manhattan. And there was a, uh, we had, it was called the Cafe Carlisle. And it was a, a place where singers would come there twice a week, all week, to sing standards. And there was a young lady, I can't think of her name, she was a singer, and she had just had a baby. And the first night of the show before the public would come in to see, the first night of the show, the press would come in and write a review of the show. Anyway, to make a long story short, there was this man from the New York Times, and he wrote up a piece about the show. He mentioned her talent, he mentioned how beautiful her voice was, but that was a small fraction of the article. What he did was talk about her weight. He didn't, you know what I'm saying? 
And she had just had a, had a baby, but he was saying, oh, she would look more stunning if she wasn't so stu-. And I was like, really? That's what you wrote about was her weight, not not about the, the beautiful choice of songs she chose or how beautiful her voice uh, is. You talked about her weight in this New York Times article. And I was just totally turned on because I was like, I thought you was here to talk about the show. You know, I, you know, I was just reading the article. I thought he was going to write a piece about the show, but all he did was emphasize on how much weight she gained. We gotta stop this body shaming. Um, right now, we have uh, 27 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, take a music break. Uh, before we do that, um, let me tell you what stories are coming up. Um, Taylor Swift talks about why sad songs are part of her love story. Keisha Knight Palmer is set to walk down the aisle for the second time. And actor Chris Pine is in talks to bring cult role-playing games to life on screen. And uh, The Dark Knight, the movie Grease, and Shrek are among the 25 films inducted into the U.S. National Film Registry this year. And Michael Douglas and Christoph Waltz are stepping into politics to portray the cult, to portray former President Ronald Reagan, and former Russian President Mikhail Gorbachev. All those stories and more coming up after the break, so don't go anywhere.
tune in to that entertainment. The number one source of entertainment news and pop culture every Wednesday afternoon with your host Tammy Jones Gibbs, right here on Block Talk Radio. We got 22 minutes left remaining in the show, and to keep into keep with the holiday spirit, you know, I decided to let's play some holiday music, and that was from uh, Ariana Grande and Santa Tell Me. Right now, before uh, before I went to the music break, I was telling you about Taylor Swift love story. Uh, she said that sad songs are a part of it. Uh, the superstar singer shared during a new interview with Apple Music Zane Lowe that she and her boyfriend and songwriter collaborator, uh, Joe Alwyn, both enjoy sad music. Now, Taylor Swift released her second surprise album of 2020 last week with Evermore, and it served as a follow-up to Folklore when it came out in July. And in a documentary about the making of Folklore uh, that premiered premiered on Disney Plus last month, Swift revealed that a co-writer by the name of William Bowery, who is credited on two songs of that album, is actually Alwyn. He is, again, credited on the Evermore album, Tyler uh, track, as well as the uh, on the song Champagne Problems and Coney Island. Keisha Knight-Pollum is set to walk down the aisle for the second time. The actress, who's known for her role as Rudy Huxtable on The Cosby Show, is engaged to marry her boyfriend, actor Brad James, after a year of a relationship. Uh, James, who's 39, popped the big question early this month in Atlanta with a custom diamond eternity ring. He and his 41-year-old bride is to, to be celebrated their engagement in a magical, intimate, COVID-compliant evening filled with love. The newly engaged couple was joined by Ella, uh, Keisha's three-year-old daughter from a previous relationship. Uh, Keisha started dating James last year after they first met on the set of the TV movie Pride and Prejudice Atlanta. Um, she said that they just honestly just hit it off. They they had a lot of downtime, and there was a lot going on filming the project, so there was time when they would be sitting in the cast seats or the van just talking. The actress was previously married to retired football player Ed Hartwell. They got engaged on New New Year's Eve, and they tied the knot the following day on January 1st of 2016, only to get divorced months later due to his alleged cheating. She gave birth to Ella Grace Hartwell Pullum in January of 2017. Meanwhile, James previously dated Rosanda Chili Thomas of a TLC, best known for his role in the Tyler Perry for Better or Worse. He was he also starred on Netflix Outer Banks and UMC soap opera A House Divided. So congratulations to them. Actor Chris Pine is in talk to bring cult role playing game Dungeons and Dragons to life on screen in a new movie. The Wonder Woman star has been tapped to lead the ensemble cast in the live action project, which Game Night filmmaker Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly signed on to direct in 2019. They also wrote the script based on a draft by Michael Gillio. Now, further casting details have yet to be released, but they are hoping to begin production in the first quarter of 2021 in Belfast, Northern Ireland. And uh, Goldstein and Daly aren't the first to tackle the Hasbro fantasy game and turn it into a movie. Studio bosses at Warner Brothers initially wanted Ansel Elgard, the actor, as their leading man, with Goosebumps 
directed by Rob Letterman taking charge, but an ownership right dispute put an end to that plan, and the film subsequently moved to Paramount, where bosses brought in the Lego Batman movie, Helmer, Chris McKay, to direct. He was replaced by Goldstein and Daly last year. Now, it was also previously adapted for the big screen for New Line Cinema back in 2000, but the Courtney Solomon film, which starred Jeremy Irons, Marlon Wayans, and Justin Whalen, was a critical and commercial flop. Despite failing to impress fans, two sequels follow, Wrath of the Dragon God, debuted on TV in 2005, and another, 2011's The Book of Vile Darkness, was released straight to DVD. The Dark Knight, Grease, and Shrek are among the 25 films inducted into the U.S. National Film Registry this year. Each year, 25 films released more than 10 years ago are selected by officials from America's Library of Congress to be added to the registry for being culturally, historically, and anesthetically important. This year's list was released on Monday, December 14, with The Dark Knight director Christopher Nolan honored by his film inclusion. Sidney Portier's film, Lilies of the Field, which saw him become the first black person to win a Best Actor Oscar, is also on the list, with the actor saying, quote, Lilies of the Field stir up some great remembrance in our family from the littlest Portier watching a young and agile papa to the oldest. Papa Sidney himself, unquote. And other 2020 inductees include the Blue Brothers, the Hurt Locker, a Clockwork Orange, the Joy Luck Club, the Man with the Golden Arm, Cabin in the Sky, Freedom Riders, and Sweet Sweet Back's Badass Song. In addition, Monday's selection made history thanks to the inclusion of nine films directed by women and seven helmed by filmmakers of color. Michael Douglas and Christoph Waltz are stepping into politics to portray Cold War War leaders Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev in a new drama series. Fifty Shades Darker director James Foley will take charge of the project, which will be released, uh, which will be based on the 2014 book Reagan at Reykjavik. 48 Hours That Ended the Cold War, which was written by the 40th president, former arms control director Ken Elderman. Now, Reagan and Gorbachev will be dramatized, uh, will be a dramatized version of Reagan's 1986 meeting with then-Soviet Union President Gorbachev in the Icelandic capital, a key turning point in the nuclear weapons race. Michael Douglas was last seen on the big screen in 2019 Avengers Endgame. He also starred on the web dramedy TV series Chuck Lord's The Kaminsky Method and lent his voice to an animated character on Dr. Seuss' adaptation of Green Eggs and Ham. He will next take part in Marvel's new series What If, starring Jeffrey Wright. Meanwhile, Christoph Waltz starred in Alita, The Battle Angel, and Georgetown last year. His new movie, Rifkin's Festival, premiered at San Sebastian International Film Festival this year. He will next be seen in a new James Bond film, No Time to Die, and lend his voice to a new Pinocchio movie. He also recently starred on Quibay's series, uh, Most Dangerous Game. 
And Gabrielle Union is getting ready to lead the cast of a cheaper by the dozen revamp cre- re- uh, created by ba- Blackish uh, producer Kenya Barrett. Uh, she'll play the matriarch of a blended family of 12, a role that has previously been played on screen by Bonnie Hunt and Myrna Loy. The film is based on a real family. First hit the screen in 1950 with Loy and Clifton Webb. A 2003 remake starring Steve Martin and Hunt spawned a 2005 sequel. The new version will debut on Disney Plus streaming site in 2022. Gabrielle Union was last seen on the big screen in 2018 with the drama The Public and action thriller Breaking In. And on TV, she's one of the regulars on L.A. Finest, a spinoff of the Bad Boys franchise. Right now we have uh, 14 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm going to also take another music break, and we'll be back with the last remaining stories of the day, so uh, don't go anywhere.
that was new holiday music from the great Leslie Odom Jr. and Snow. Right now we have here 10 minutes left remaining in this show. And for the last remaining stories of the day, uh, engaged singer Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton, they're going to celebrate New Year's Eve together by hitting the stage as part of a TV special. New, uh, New Year's Eve 2021 will be hosted by media personality Carson Daly and broadcast live from the Times Square in New York City on December 31st when performances will be beamed in from across the country. In addition to Gwen and Blake, fans can also expect to see sets from Sting and Shirazi, Jason Derulo, Kylie, uh, K- uh, Kylie Monaghan, Buster Rhymes, and Anderson Pack, Goo Goo Dolls, CNCO, Chloe and Holly, BB Rexa, and Doja Cat, and Pentatonix. Now, Daly will be joined by comedian Amber Ruffin and the El DeGeneres Show House DJ Stephen Twitch Boss to co-host the event, which will take place without the traditional live audience due to the coronavirus pandemic. In a statement, uh, Carson Daly said, quote, nothing will make me happier than to have a front row seat to watch 2020 disappear and usher in the hope for brighter days in 2021. I'm excited to be with Amber and Twitch live in the Times Square to broadcast the iconic ball drop to millions of viewers on TV, but we'll miss the revealers who can't attend live. Our diverse music lineup offers something for everyone in your family. See you on NBC, unquote. Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton got engaged in October this year. The upcoming wedding will be the second one for both. She was previously married to Gavin Rossdale, and he previously tied the knot with Miranda Lambert. And R&B star Carrie Hilson appeared to have tricked fans into thinking she's pregnant after showing off a baby bump on social media. The pretty girl rock hitmaker took to Instagram on Friday, December 11, to share two shots of herself smiling as she cradled a large bump of what appeared to be a film set. She captioned the image with an upside-down smiley face emoji and another with hearts, but tellingly tagged her makeup artist and hairstylist, as well as independent production company Swirl Films, U.S. Network, Lifetime, and producer, author, and religious leader, Bishop T.D. Jakes. Her tag suggested that the baby bump was fake, but that didn't stop some of her celebrity friends from sending her well wishes. However, Hilson didn't fool everyone. Singer and reality star Candy Burris remarked, saying that she sensed that there was a big movie coming. The star subsequently returned to her Instagram page to joke about the lyrics to her 2009 track, Knock You Down, suggesting her pregnancy was just for the cameras. Hilson has yet to name the project she is currently working on. And it's an exciting time for Marvel fans. During Disney Investor Day presentation on Thursday, December 10, the company revealed the first trailer for The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, in addition to announcing its 2021 premiere date. The clip offered the first glimpse of the six-part series starring Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan in the Tyler role. The uh, trailer opened with Mackie, Sam Wilson, Falcon, warning Stan, Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier, that the world has been turned upside down. And later in the clip, Bucky is seeing, telling Sam people need something to get behind. They need a symbol. It seemed like the two Avengers will be facing against a mass group as they are seen dodging a ton of missiles. The trailer also teases the return of Zemo, played by Daniel Brule, 
who first appeared in the 2016 movie Captain America Civil War. The clip concluded with a friendly banter between Sam and Bucky that fans will seemingly find a lot on the upcoming series. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is set after the event of Avengers Endgame, and in the movie, Steve Rogers decided to retire from his role as Captain America and choose to be living an ordinary life in an alternative reality with his longtime love, Peggy Carter. He gave his shield to Sam instead. Also reprising their role in the series is Emily Van Camp, Sharon Carter, a.k.a. Agent 13. And meanwhile, Wyatt Russell is tapped to take the role of John Walker, a.k.a. U.S. Agent, who is part of the West Coast Avengers in the comics. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is set to premiere on March 19, 2021 on Disney+. And Hayden Christensen is reprising his Darth Vader character for the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi Star Wars spinoff series. The Disney Plus sci-fi drama in which Ewan uh, Ewan McGregor will be returning as the Jedi uh, Sage uh, is currently in production, and the big casting news were revealed by Disney bosses last Thursday. Now, Christensen was an unknown when he was cast as Anakin Skywalker, the father of Luke and Princess Leia in Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. He reprised the role in Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, the film in which Anakin turned to the dark side and become one of the most, become the movie's world most feared villain. The casting news come a week after the death of British actor David Prowse, who played Darth Vader in the first three Star Wars movies. Meanwhile, Disney Plus bosses are also developing a Star Wars spinoff series based on The Empire Strike Back and Star Wars The Last Jedi character Lando Calrissian, created by Dear White People creator Justin Simmons. It's not clear who will lead the cast of Lando, Donald Glover, and Billy D. Williams have both played the characters on the big screen. And Mariah Carey reportedly spent $5.2 million on her Apple TV Plus Christmas special. The chart-topping singer said they had spent an eye-watering amount of money on the star-studded special, which featured appearances from the likes of Ariana Grande and Snoop Dogg. Mariah was determined not to cut any corners with the special and was therefore willing to commit a huge amount of money to ensure it was as she hoped it would be. The special was released early this month and has already reached number one in the Apple TV Plus chart in 100 countries around the world. Jennifer Hudson, Jermaine Dupree, ballet dancer Missy Copeland, comedian Billy Eitner, and Mixed child star Mikhail Michelle Harris also made appearances along with uh, Mariah's nine-year-old twins, Moroccan and Moreau. Meanwhile, Tiffany Haddish narrated the, the uh, trailer. And Dionne Warwick is set to release a duet with Chance the Rapper and The Weeknd. The music legend, who was recently dubbed the queen of Twitter, jokingly trolled the pair on the micro-blogging site, and now she announced the release of the song Nothing's Impossible, which will benefit the Hunger Not Impossible initiative. The collaboration is written and produced by Dion's son, Damon Elliott. The Grammy winner also announced she's on a mission to end foolishness by 2021. Warwick said, quote, it looks like The Weeknd and Chance the Rapper are joining me. Who's next? I edit this video myself, unquote. And Cher doesn't know how much she made from her Las Vegas residency. The strong enough icon has held a residency in Sin City since 2008, but she's still not entirely sure how much she makes from the money-spinning shows. 
Asked whether she really gets paid $60 million a year in Las Vegas, she replied, it sounds like a good number, but she don't know the figure. She said, quote, I know I go to work and I like, I'm like, it. I like it and I'm getting paid well, but also I have an overhead you can't believe. I have 100 people on my staff, unquote. Despite her continuous success, Cher worries about aging and is now more cautious than ever about going out because she's surrounded by people with camera phones. And asked if getting older worries her, she told Britain's The Guardian newspaper she hates it. Any woman who is honest will say it's not as much fun. She said, quote, it's like we got to go, uh, we got to rest because you got another night you know, to perform. Also, I don't like going out because everyone got a camera and it's not safe. People rush you and you don't know if you're going to get killed or you don't know if they're going to kill you or take your pictures. Either way, I don't like it, unquote. Too Short and E-40 will be the next rappers to face off on Swiss Beats and Timberland's versus Instagram battle. The stars who teamed up for the 2012 album History will pit their back catalogs against each other on December 19th. Viewers can tune in to see the rappers go head-to-head at 8 p.m. Eastern on Instagram on Apple Music. The news come a day after Ashanti was forced to postpone her versus battle with Keisha Cole after testing positive for COVID-19. As she quarantines at home, um, Ashanti seems to suggest that her infection was asymptomatic. The battle has now been rescheduled for January 9, 2021. Meanwhile, past battles, including Gucci Mane versus Young Jeezy, Snoop Dogg versus DMX, Gladys Knight versus Patti LaBelle, and Alicia Keys versus John Legend. And rapper Post Malone will kick off 2021 in the spotlight with a special live stream performance from Las Vegas. The Congratulations Star will headline the Bud Light Salsa Session and present New Year's Eve 2021 event, which will launch on December 31st and feature hip-hop newcomer Jack Harlow and dance star Steve Aoki, while Post will take the stage as the clock strike midnight. The Park MGM party will be hosted by Lily Singh and will offer viewers 21 over the chance to interact with fellow digital revealers, win prizes, and even meet the artists with more performances expected to be added to the lineup in the coming days. The celebration will kick off at 10 p.m. Eastern on nye.budlight.com. It will also air on Bud Light official Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube channels. It will mark the second consecutive year that Post had launched the new year on stage. He was a headliner for Dick Clark New Year Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest's 2020 TV special in Times Square, New York, at the end of 2019. Well, that will do it for me for this week. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs. Have a great week. Stay safe, stay warm, and I'll talk to you next time. Take care.